and welcome to another edition of the Dan Assel Show, sponsored by TF Connect. As always, like to thank my community patrons, Smart Digital, Easy Fairs, Tarsus Group, SISO, 19 events. Good afternoon. I am delighted to be joined by Joe Rebet, who is the Group Head of Talent at Hive Group. Go off. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon, Dan. So welcome to the show. Um, we're going to kick off your group head of talent at Hive. Can you just describe what that means, please, your role and your responsibilities? Yes. So I joined Hive um, nearly a year ago, and it was in the um, middle of the pandemic. One of the um, responsibilities and remits that I had was to look at, to see how we can evolve the culture of Hive which was very difficult coming in obviously when nobody was in the office and shows weren't running so I think it was um, you know very very clear um, first of all that um, one of the first things to do was really speak to people and find out how they were feeling find out um, <clears throat> what their concerns were and really um, look at to see how we can connect people and bring them back together even though they were at home Sure. And also Hive has many offices around the world. So yes. I guess, you know, that's that was even more of a challenge, never mind than being in an office trying to establish, you know, a, a, a feel of, of togetherness, but doing it virtually as well. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it, I think one of the key things was that um, every geography and territory was in a different stage of COVID and it had impacted um, the people and the offices um, very differently, depending on how the um, you know local governments and what have you have actually addressed it um, in the regions. So I think um, you know uh, straight away it was very clear that Asia was in a very different place to sure. the to the West. Um, actually, Asia was um, even though the initial um, impact of COVID was there, it, uh, Asia was actually managing to run shows. Um, people were more connected. I think. Um, Russia sort of latterly in the year again uh, was um, have become more open and running shows but actually it was only in the UK where only this September uh, yeah. have we been able to run shows and so people were at a different stage and I think culturally um, uh, people were dealing with COVID very differently. Sure. And I know you sort of uh, stated one of your objectives as installing or instilling best practices across the business we hear that sort of those two words a lot what, what do you mean what do you mean by that in your capacity what, what does best practice mean and what does that look like i think uh, my view on it is to have a set of best practice principles um i think it's very clear that you can't apply a one-size-fits-all to um, all of the geographies that we operate within um it's you know what motivates and drives behavior is very different in in different territories and also those shows and sectors that we operate within are at different trajectories of, of growth. Sure. Um, so I think why you know the first thing obviously was to listen to what our HR leads and the um, different territories were saying but also um, what our employees were saying and um, one of the first things uh, that we did um, in the new year um, earlier this year was to launch PCOM which was a data-led insight analytical tool Okay. And that was to allow um, employees to um, have a voice, even though obviously at that time they were more disconnected. And I think that was really important. I think um, 
lots of people thought I was a bit mad to launch a survey in the middle of the pandemic, but I thought what it would do was give us a baseline of data. Sure. And what, what it enabled us to do was really focus and listen to see where we needed to put our efforts. Um, so going back to the best practice point, I think it was taking that information, listening to what our employees were saying, but applying the principles rather than um, really sort of enforcing something from the group down to the regions. Um, so it told us straight away that, um, you know, we needed to focus our efforts more around well-being and um, um, and how we deal with hybrid working when people were coming back, that flexibility, and also um, around career paths. That's exactly what we looked at and what we did. So we immediately sort of really upped um, our investment in people strategy. We really um, focused on doing more tactical well-being. Um, uh, we obviously at the time were very much reacting to, to what was happening and we just had to keep on sort of um, just reviewing it every week, depending on what what was happening, not in the, only in the macro environment, but what was happening in the offices. So we did things, uh, we launched in the UK, we launched Spill, which is an online um, uh, employee counselling service, um, which I think was really well, well received. We did a lot of wellbeing sessions globally. Uh, we trained mental health first aiders and we're rolling out uh, mental health um, training to line managers um, very shortly. So I think it was just about keep on, you know, being very sort of um, flexible and agile, just completely listening to what yeah. our employees are telling us. Because you have, if I'm not mistaken, around 800 members of staff. Yes. The, the yeah. So yeah. you've got to cater for, as you said, different cultural different like cultural differences as well as, you know, different levels of, of you know, responsibility. So yes. I guess those systems allowed you to do that. Yeah, and I think what's really good about PCON, not that I'm obviously, you know, completely selling it, but it allows you to cut and segment the data so you can understand what's happening in different, different geographies, different teams and different um, sectors. Sure. So it's very, you know, whereas a, a traditional employee engagement survey, um, you have to wait for a while to get the results. This has allowed us to react instantaneously. Um, so I think that was, you know, one of the key things. I think obviously now people are coming back to the office. It's yeah. very different. Um, that connecti that connectivity is much more there. Um, but you know, PCON has been really, really uh, valuable for allows to get that insight. Sure. And the group's got um, stated people ambitions. Um, one of which is um, expanding learning and development opportunities. Can you give us a flavour of what you're doing in that area? So. Um, when I came in at the beginning of the year, first of all, we did, we rolled out um, very, again, very tactical training. We um, were cognizant that um, our line managers and new line managers hadn't been trained um, sure. in the sort of year before, obviously, because of um, what was happening with the pandemic. So we immediately rolled out um, global line management training um, and trained um, 140 of our line managers. We did um, also the mental health first aid training, we do sales training, we've been doing training on unconscious bias, I'm really sort of playing to that ESG ambition. Um, and we're just about to launch a future leaders um, program globally as well. Okay. And um, you spoke about um, diversity and inclusion briefly there with the ESG program. So uh, we've hired um, a, a great um, lady called Nikki, who's responsible for our comms and ESG. And um, she is um, going to really focus on that for FY22. We've also set up a board subcommittee. Um, so it's very, you know, 
it really shows that we're taking it seriously because it's at, at a board level. Um, and what we've been doing now is really looking about how we can take different work streams and use our platform of, of events because obviously they're in market leading sectors cool. and um, you know we operate globally, how we can use those platforms to drive change um, through the um, communities that we serve. Um, so we have you know uh, four sort of key work streams, um, one of them being diversity and inclusion. Sure. Um, and they're very much um, open to the people that work here to be in those work streams. Okay. Out of interest, um, and I know you've worked outside the industry, the exhibition industry, do you draw on those experiences from, from other sectors? Are you always, as an organisation, looking at other sectors, how, they, how they're you know, implementing this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think the world of work has changed so much in the last... Um, the last 18 months and you know I, I always say I don't profess to get it right it's evolving we're evolving how we deal with it and what's happening again outside I think very much that um, expectations from employees has uh, has changed it's very much um, you know they're very um, very clear on what what they want out of an employer and I think that ESG part sure. plays very much to that uh, and also around the connectivity um, so I think, you know, I was, um, freelancing for a few years before I came back to Hive. So that gave me the opportunity to really see what different sectors, um, were doing and really sort of take the key, key things that I thought were good in each of those sectors that yeah. I was working within and bring it back. Yeah. Which is um, important. Absolutely. What sort of strategies and tactics have you got in place to, to keep retaining and developing your talent at Hive? So I think um, the talent that we're, um, first of all, we're, we're recruiting quite heavily at the moment, sure. but very much also in the tech and product space yeah. um, as we sort of evolve our omni-channel yep. ambitions. Um, uh, so we very much need to understand what that talent is looking for an employer. So our ambition this year is very much to be an employer of choice in all the sectors that we operate within. Um, so uh, we are really sort of articulating internally what we think great looks like um, okay. to make sure that we obviously hire, um, you know, excellent people, um, but also very much thinking about what we can offer them in return. So um, we are continuously sort of reviewing what our offering is to make sure it's, it's competitive. Um, and that's one of the key things I'll be looking at for this year as well. Sure. Um, to make sure that we can sort of really keep up with what the market's doing. What, what, and obviously you've been um, in this sort of role in other areas, as we said, and you've been in the industry uh, um, for a number of years. But has that sort of stuff changed a lot, the, the sort of packages and what best looks like that you're offering people? Over and above pay, which, you know, you benchmark and all that, but what other things do you think have changed that people I want? think, um, you know, there's the, obviously the financial, but non-financial yeah. as well. Um, I think um, it's that total reward piece. Um, so again, it's that investment in people, it's the, it's the learning and the development, it's things like allowing people to do um, time for volunteering. It's right. um, very much about, um, you know, health and well-being, what we offer on those um, kind of areas, obviously about the hybrid and the flexible working. Um, there's obviously been a lot in the press recently about, I think, um, ASOS have been doing sort of very sort of in, innovative things around 
what they're offering in terms of um, more family-friendly policies. Right. So it's really just continuously reviewing what the market is doing to make sure that we are competitive. And I guess you have to look at every location you're in because it, yes. can't, I guess it can't be yeah. a one-size-fits-all approach, right? You know, for what works for one location. Uh, or one no, and, it, it, and exactly, yeah. and that's where we sort of rely on our wonderful HR people in the regions to tell yeah. us. But I think, you know, it's, the well-being that we did last year was very tactical because we were just having to respond the whole time to what was happening. I think this year sure. we're very much looking at things about how we can put complete plans in place for the whole year. Sure. So another another um, stated aim of Hives is to make it a great place to work. How do yeah. companies in general? Because that's an, you know, an easy thing to say, you know, come come to Hive, it's fantastic. But what 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 sort of things can an, a company like Hive do to ensure that it is a good place to work? And obviously, good means different things to different people. I think it's um, you know. Um, my, my view on what makes Hive a good place to work, and obviously I'm completely biased <laughs> because I think it is a great yeah. place to work, but I think it's about providing an environment um, that allows people to be the best that they can be. I think, um, you know, people spend a lot of time at work. Um, so not only in terms of the actual work they're doing, the content and the quality of the work, but just the, the environment that that they're in so um i think you know one of the things that we're discussing quite a bit at the moment as well it's just there's a learning development piece it's not just about the learning development that we can provide to employees but allowing them to have time to actually sure. do things that they want to do as well in terms of their own development and for their own growth so um i think again this is where PCOM comes in we just completely go back to asking our employees what they want from us so we can react to it um, Obviously, we do a lot around um, social that have been social committee that and things that we've been doing have been online at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think um, we did. We have done a couple of in-person events recently, and obviously our ambition is yeah. to completely go back to doing that. We did a leadership conference last week, which was in person. Um, uh, again, a hybrid event because we had to. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't fly our colleagues in from. No from Russia and Turkey yeah. and, and Asia, but we managed to do a two-day um, hybrid event, yeah. which was fantastic. And it just, even that having that connectivity for um, getting the people together in the UK and then Russia together made such a big difference. Yeah, so it seems like an obvious thing, right? Communicating with your staff, with your teams, collaborating, asking them what they want, recognising you can't do everything they want, but, um, you know, it, uh, empowering staff to to lead some of these initiatives, which, you know, it seems obvious, but can get sort of left behind, especially if you're returning to shows and you've probably yeah. got like a, you know, a concertina of shows all in one, all in one um, you know, short period. So it's great that you're doing that. You mentioned that, Hive recruiting, um, mm -hmm. I guess specifically or potentially different for different roles because, you know, you're trying to deliver this omni-channel strategy that you've that yeah. you stated. How are you finding the market at the moment? And, and how are you, what sort of uh, strategies are you using to boost that talent acquisition? Um, obviously, the market's very buoyant and um, very tight at the moment. Um, we have... Um, uh, you know, a wonderful recruitment in sorry in-house recruitment team sure. um, that have been doing amazing things for us. Um, I think we need to really understand, and we've been doing this 
uh, around the tech product space as well is really understanding where those employees go to look for roles, yeah. um, potential employees. It's not necessarily through um, you know the traditional channels like yeah. LinkedIn. Um, so we have been um, using other platforms um, to do that with you know, and that's been quite successful. Obviously, there's the internal uh, recommendations. We have an internal referral policy as well. Sure. Um, so I think it's um, you know, it is it is really difficult. Um, but we're doing you know we we are plowing through our vacancies. So I think we're quite successful. Sure, and um, so. I guess by definition, if you're looking for people with different skills, you're looking outside of the industry. So people that maybe haven't only worked or traditionally worked in an expo environment. No, absolutely. And again, you know, we've quite often hired people that are outside the events industry, but work, but are from the sectors in which we operate. Sure. Um, so, you know, if, for our ed tech, we hire people from education, um, our SVP product is from the um, education industry as well. So, and I think it really gives that, um, it, it, it means that we don't look through at everything through one lens. We have that those different perspectives. And I think that's, you know, how you innovate and, and grow as a company. And what do you think the industry can do generally to attract more talent? I think, you know, um, one of the things that we did um, as an employer last year was um, uh, actually uh, pay retention bonuses because we wanted to keep okay. people within the event sector. We were cognizant that um, many of our employees had transferable skills and could actually leave the event sector, um, but we wanted to make sure that we retained the talent that came from sure. the events industry. I think it's like all these things. I think as events come back and you know, the world starts to open um, and the vaccination programme, you know, has rolled out much ahead of the t where we thought it would be, um, that people will just naturally come back. Yeah. Um, I think human beings are very social animals and like that connectivity. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess finally, in terms of the way that candidates are presenting themselves to you, have you found that that's changed over the years? Is it still the sort of CV cover letter? Are you looking at more at their social media profiles? What, what's what's the view of your team um, when they're getting applications? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I think it's a combination of everything. Yeah. There's still the traditional CV. We, yeah. we get sometimes we get videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me to do them then. No. That's all we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Again, I think it's, you know, um, it's, I think people have to use the medium that they feel they're most comfortable with and sure. um, best portrays them, themselves. Um, I just think, you know, what we, what we want to do is um, uh, attract people that are really sort of passionate and hungry and really believe in what they do and have that sort of agile, flexible um, mindset. I think, um I think that is so important and I think um, you can learn many things but it's you know having that sort of can-do positive attitude is really really sure do you've had you've had some obviously you've had a, a glut of shows in the UK which has been fantastic yeah. can you bring yeah. those to life for us and how exciting it's been for the staff to be back there I think it's made such a difference I think um, you know um, especially uh, you know, event staff and operations staff to really have 
what they've been working on come to fruition yes. and be so successful and be such you know such well received we also um trial the host of meetings um uh roll out at autumn fair and it was very successful um so i think it's just made such a difference um in terms of people's um uh, motivation and sure. just and well-being to actually really see something tangible at the end of sure. all the work that they do made a big difference absolutely so um joe rabbit group head of talent and hive group thank you so much for your time um and we wish you the best of luck with all the initiatives that you're doing and uh you know the rollout Thanks, of more shows the return of more hive shows <laughs>